Welcome to the Foxy Property Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Shorter, and it is my job to interview successful homesteading business owners so that we can learn some tips and tricks and things that we can apply in our own business. Uh, The podcast took a bit of a break in the back half of 2020, but we are back now in 2021, and this is the first of a number of very interesting uh, and valuable guests, uh, or the information they're sharing is valuable, that are coming up over the next few weeks. Today's guest is Amy Powers. She's the founder and owner of Ask for Staging, which is a home staging business that's been operating in Atlanta since 2007. Um, I asked Amy a lot about the start of her business in those first few years uh, and some of the growth that they saw uh, and also some of the issues that they faced in that time. But what I really wanted to focus on most was a new offering, a new service that they, or or a relatively new service that uh, Amy has added to the business, which is short-term rentals and including, and in particular, Airbnbs. So uh, if your staging business does any short-term rentals um, or you've thought about adding it as we have at at times, uh, this is a great chat that you will want to listen to. So without further ado, please enjoy this chat with Amy Powers. Okay, welcome to the show, Amy. Hi, how are you? I'm doing very well. Um, it is my early morning here in Brisbane and it's your afternoon in Atlanta, as I understand it. How's your day been? Pretty good. It's been a little rainy, but I can't complain. Very good. Well, it's, um, it is, it's been rainy here for the last few days, but it's a beautiful morning. So I'm sitting here and, and looking at the nice or some blue sky. So that's nice. Um, so I mean, we're going to dive straight in. Um, I know that your business ask for staging. Um, you've been doing staging in some form for probably what 13, 14 years now. I think yeah. it is 2007 from um, my yes. understanding. But I want to go back a little bit before that to start with and ask you what you were doing before you got into the home staging industry. So I was doing a little bit of diverse, you know, different things. I was doing some decorating for family and friends and today they call it redesign which is where you go in and you redo what people have without them having to spend more money things like that so I was doing redesign and I was also doing a lot of volunteering I had small children so it was you know part-time stuff here and there and then I fell in love with the idea of home staging after watching HGTV and it's downhill from there. <laughs> like a spiral. So was it, I guess, that background, but was it a slow burn sort of thing? And over time, you just realized, all right, time to do this? Or was there any particular moment that you remember that kind of tipped it over and, and was the, the starting point for you to go into staging? Well, I had been volunteering for a group called MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers. And I believe they even have some of those in Australia. Okay. So they have a whole chapter there too. And, and the, and the thing was your kids had to be from birth through kindergarten. And my oldest got out, was in, out of kindergarten. And so I was thinking it was time for me to just start something new. And so that was in 2006, early 2007. And in the meantime, I, I'm the kind of person that I like to do something. And I've always had a passion for design. So I was already doing the decorating, but simultaneously was watching a lot of TV. <laughs> Apparently on HGTV, all the staging shows are really popular, popular, like design to sell and different shows like that. And it, it took me in. Fair enough. Yeah. We've, uh, we've got all those shows here as well. Um, 
and we've my wife Phoebe, who is the the design or the chief stylist here, the design side of things. I'm more on the numbers and the business um, and the logistics. But um, between us, we've watched a lot of those sort of shows as well in the in our early days. Um, so I guess I want to, as I said, it was a little while ago. You said 2006, 2007, I guess when you started. So I kind of want to get the perspective of somebody who's now a little bit beyond that um, early couple of years um, but and kind of what you remember from that because a lot of the people listening and you know are here at Foxy we're coming up on four years so we're still pretty early in the process as well um, but a lot of people listening will be in those first couple of years uh, when you know all these issues and things that you have to deal with seem like big big problems I want to get the perspective of somebody who's now like I said, 10 to 15 years kind of into business. What do you remember about those early years? And are there any particular issues that still this, you know, after this much time has passed, stand out as, as being either particularly difficult or, or just, um, yeah, sticks in your memory or something you had to deal with? So you want to glean from all my mistakes? Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to, I kind of want to get the perspective from, you know, we always think that these things are big issues, but I, I suspect that often when you look back, you, you completely forget a lot of them. And there's probably not many that actually are as big a deal as you think they are. Well, I have, I have definitely have answers for you. So I will glean as much as I possibly can in the Perfect. time that we're So one of the things that I remember that early on I did not do was I did not get training. I did not get training till 2014. And it was in 2014, I realized I was growing so fast and it, you know, kind of just took off at one point that I was feeling burnout and overwhelmed. And I didn't have the business side. You were talking about how you're the business side and your wife is the creative side. Well, when you're a sole entrepreneur, you have to wear both of those hats. You can delegate, but you should have some working knowledge of that. So what I really liked, I was a good stager but I needed the business side of how to run the business. So I feel like that is super important for a new stager, a newbie stager, someone who may have a year or two. If you're already starting to feel a little overwhelmed, stop, take a breath, get a little bit of training. It's not a lot that you need, but it is so critical and it will help you function stronger and better. And you will look more professional as well. Another tip I have is when you start off, start taking inventory. Because I did not start taking inventory until later. And it was so overwhelming because I had, at the point I started taking inventory so much, like 30 houses worth. And so when you're counting mattresses, you're counting bed frames, you're counting headboards, side rails, and, you know, the bedding that goes with all of those beds, and then you have side tables, lamps, all those things, they can add up pretty significantly, and it's in your best interest, the interest of your inventory for insurance purposes, for you to be able to, you know, price a project to know what you have available, so I recommend that as well. Okay, not, not to interrupt, but just to kind of um, add to that point, for those that don't track their inventory, it also is important because at the end of the day, we want inventory to be out in houses. You know, we need to be sitting in a warehouse doesn't make you money from a business point of view. Um, exactly. So if you're not tracking it, 
it makes it a lot harder to plan for upcoming jobs and tracking when certain jobs are planned to come back, uh, when you're going to pack them up and have that stuff available. So um, trying to be efficient with the use of your stock is obviously very important to the business and without tracking your inventory, that is a very difficult thing to do. That's right. Exactly. And just a little sidebar, a little um, shameless plug. I have shared um, our inventory tool, which is just an Excel sheet, but it's something as an Excel nerd that I put together, which has been helpful for us. But um, if anybody out there wants a copy, I'm, I've been sharing that. Um, again, I'm an Excel nerd. So if you're not, maybe you don't love Excel and there's other software options out there that you can definitely look into. But if you would like to, to see our copy, um, hit me up somewhere on our social media and I'm happy to share that. Um, so Amy, I'd like to now fast forward a little bit and get a little bit of context on your business right now um, and to give the listeners some some context. So what numbers are you able to share about your business? Um, so some examples, maybe employees, um, you know, houses staged annually, um, facilities, anything like that that you can share to give us an idea of, of where um, Ask for Staging is at at the moment. Well, since we've had the pandemic and things like that going on, I am down to myself and two movers and an assistant. So it's not a lot of employees. There's just the four of us, but we're super efficient. And I do about 120 houses a year. And my medium price point, because I work with investors as my number one niche, vacant investors, and they're doing a lot of like three, two flips here in Atlanta, Georgia. And so my average price point for staging is going to be about 26 to 3,000, depending on the size of the house. Some less, obviously, some are going to be more, but that can stage a house pretty nicely in, in our area. And I will say Georgia is probably one of the lower price points compared to California and other uh, metropolitan cities here in the United States. Sure. And what about, so you obviously own some of your own um, inventory. Um, do you have the I, a, a truck and a warehouse or something like that? Yes. Okay. Um, but I grew it, into that. I grew yeah, into that. Well, that was going to be my follow-up <laughs> question is, um, I think every single person I've spoken to who's gone down the path of owning your own inventory, and there are businesses in Australia um, who don't and, and go down the path of renting their furniture and setting themselves up more as a, uh, doing the styling side of things and then bringing in the furniture as they need. But but anybody who's gone down the path of building their own inventory has started out either in their shed or, you know, in somewhere in the, an office and then they move into a, a, a small storage facility or um, like a rental sort of unit and then they move into a warehouse at some point and it's just a continual upgrade and expansion of space. Yes, and that's okay. You should not start off with a 3,000, 5,000 square foot. Don't have that expectation. Don't set the bar unrealistically high for yourself. Start in a 10 by 10 storage unit where it's climate controlled, you have access, and then add another one. Add a you know, 10 by 20 or 20 by 20. You know, that's what I did. And then I, I started looking at how much storage rental I was spending. And at some point it just became impractical. I could rent a warehouse and have a little bit more freedom with that. But that also has expense. You have to get different types of insurance. You have to 
be up to code and whatever your municipalities may be for your area. So it is it is a baby step process. And that's the, that's the beauty of staging and, and growing into a staging business. You don't have to start off full throttle. Completely agree. Um, I'm gonna change um, direction a little bit here. So as a business, you offer occupied and vacant staging, which I think um, a lot of staging businesses do one or the other or both. Um, but I understand you're also having some success with short-term rental staging, which um, yeah. I'll, I'll get you to kind of confirm, I guess that what that means um, in a minute, but I think it includes Airbnb. Um, so yeah, I guess that's the first question is when you say short-term rental staging, what does that look like for your business? What does that offering um, look like to the client? Well, short-term rental staging is the term to use. Airbnb is a platform that you use to for a homeowner or host to market their property for short-term rentals. So for me as a stager here in Atlanta, we had a sporting event, a pretty big sporting event. And I had staged some properties for some investors nearby where the sporting event was going to be. And they asked me if they could turn their house into a short-term rental for you know the time period of that event since it was for sale but hadn't sold yet. And I was very hesitant because you know staging for sell is not staging to live in sometimes you know our furniture might be a little different you know because we don't want the heavy furniture and so forth so i just had to confirm that my furniture was the right type of furniture and i do use real beds and i use real mattresses and i use real sofas but i don't buy the most expensive type sofas right yep so i felt confident that everything was okay and i made them sign a waiver just in case that no matter what, if if something were to happen, I wasn't responsible. Okay. For, you know, like if the bed frame broke, I'm not going to be responsible because I didn't put that bed in there for, you know, so. Yep. And so that was kind of a starting point. And has that then, you know, obviously there was some success there and you've continued that on as, a, as another offering? Exactly. So, yes, I... I after that experience, it kind of clicked. This is obviously a need. And I researched and found in my area that Atlanta actually was in the top three cities at the time for Airbnb hosting. And a lot of investors were specifically buying properties to flip for short-term rental. So I just, I was already connected in a good real estate investment association so I just started kind of shifting gears and saying, we do staging, but we also offer this service. And I put some pricing together and you know, did the research what is necessary for a functional short-term rental, you know, like appliances, plates, silverware, you know, table, microwave, games, all those little things that you may expect when you're on a vacation. So I got all that together, got the pricing and, you know, I, I've started doing it. It was a great little niche to fall into. Yep. And obviously coronavirus has had an impact on that. Um, yes. And who knows how long <laughs> that, that will, will last. So with the way that you've set that up, because I know that some people, uh, you know, I've, I've listened to people talk about um, basically an Airbnb or short-term, I don't want to call it short-term rental for these, the ones that I've heard about, because some of them, 
uh, focus on Airbnb, but it's more of a furniture, like they set it up, but it's a furniture package um, offering. So you can buy the furniture with them um, or and then you go in and style it. And then from that point, it's kind of the owner's um, responsibility for the cleaning and that sort of thing. It sounds like yours right. is still rental. So you still own the furniture. Do you, well, first no, of all, actually, actually, um, I recommend them buy everything. Okay. Yep. Instead, um, after doing research, it is way cheaper. They can make back the money of buying everything, usually the first quarter of putting it up okay. on the market for short term rental. And so, from that point, if it's them purchasing it, do you have involvement beyond that? Um, in terms of refreshing or uh, kind of changeovers and going back and styling it, or is it is it more of an upfront sort of thing? It's mostly upfront. If they need me to come back, you know, I'm always open to that. But I do not do any co-hosting, which is the maintenance side of it, where you clean up and take care of things between guests. I usually yep. partner with a property manager that specializes in that, and they take care of it. So, you know, with the beauty of staging is it's one and done typically, right? That's how we do the short-term rental. We just sure. take care of everything. We make sure it looks good. You know, um, before it goes on the market, we make sure that the client's happy. If there's any changes that need to be made, it, there's a timeline in which they can ask for that. And then we're done. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and I guess that's one of the things when I've, this isn't something that we um, do at Foxy, the, the short-term rentals or Airbnbs, but um I know that that's probably something that others who have done this have thought about and not necessarily gone down the path of, which is, um, you know, if they purchase the, or the, the owner purchases the, the furniture and you style it for the first time, that maybe 12 months later or six months later, or whatever the timing is, there's a potential for a, a refresh where you replace certain pieces of furniture and, and kind of keep it all up to date. Maybe you're replacing artwork or cushions or whatever it is. Um, is that something that you've thought about? Well, um, my goal is to buy quality pieces for that because that's going to get more wear and tear than a typical, um, you know, even possibly even a home where that you're in every day because you never know what type of people are going to be in that, yep. you know, that short-term rental. So you buy higher quality pieces and I haven't had anyone call me and request it. I do check in to make sure everything's okay and how the guests, you know, the guests feedback and it's always been positive. Perfect. Okay. Um, this next question is probably after all that discussion, kind of a, an obvious one, but I was going to ask you about the past 12 months because we're in a uh, kind of awkward position where we've had coronavirus and we still have um, you know, impacts that we're seeing uh, and probably will for a while, but what has been maybe one or two of the bigger things that you've changed not not so much i mean obviously things like airbnb um work and short-term rentals probably has um dropped away a little bit is my guess um but i want to know maybe what's the biggest thing um that you've changed or added or removed from your business um in the past 12 months as a result um and I, and you did mention the employees numbers maybe has changed that sort of thing but has there been anything that you've because of what we've seen from from covid that you thought this needs to be a new direction or something that we just don't do anymore or something um, that just has to change because of, you know, the new social distancing and whatever else it is. So what, what kind of comes to mind when I ask that? That's a great question. And we, we have made a couple of different changes and the employee staffing ha has been one, but one of the things that we require, which we've technically always required, but people don't always listen to 
was making sure no one else was on site when we were there. I've gotten stricter about that. And that means contractors, agents, real estate agents, even the owner of the property, no one can be there while we're there. And while we're there, if we, as our team, if, if we need to wear a mask, we wear a mask. You know, if, I don't expect my guys to be moving heavy furniture and having, you know, the, the breathing, whatnot, and wearing masks. So I'm pretty flexible with them as long as they're temperature-free, you know, showing no signs, and I'll wear the mask so they don't have to because <laughs> I couldn't imagine doing that. And we, we're social distancing anyway. There's no reason I need to be right beside them, you know, when they're moving yep. furniture in or not anyway. So I'll, I'll work on another room while they're bringing furniture in and I'll have shown them where I wanted everything. So just a little bit more planning. And then also with occupied staging, we have made an effort to minimize that, minimize risk where I can do FaceTime walkthroughs with them. And that's happened a lot more. And then, you know, just being careful, making sure everyone's wearing masks when we show up. Is, or social distancing. What about, you, you mentioned like the FaceTime sort of videos. Is that something that you've tried to do from a consultation point of view? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the main thing. I, I mostly work with vacants. So I do offer occupieds, but typically it's just a consultation that I'm doing. And I'm working with the seller on how to get their house buyer ready. Okay. So it's something easy I can do with a FaceTime walkthrough. Perfect. And, and I mean, that's the sort of thing um, for us as well that, you know, we not as much video walkthrough sort of stuff, but even things like when we're doing a quote, um, you know, we always want to see a property before um, we go in and, right. and commit mm-hmm. to the, what furniture we're putting in or what um, kind of style we're going for. But a lot of the time that initial um, kind of contact we're, we're trying to lean towards, and this is something that clients are asking for as well, is a quote or an indication maybe um, is a better way to put it. It's not a full quote because we haven't been there, but a, an indication of price based on just a floor plan or pictures online, um, which we're tending to do a lot of um, because it, like I say, it, it kind of takes away that need necessarily to go to the property f- um, up front before the client has an idea of whether they actually want to potentially move forward or not. So that's a great idea too. Um, my tip for that is when you're getting these pictures, make sure whoever's taking the photos are t- taking a shot from every corner of every room that they're gonna be in. And that they're, that's obvious when you're doing sh- room to room shots that there's, it's obvious how the room or the floor plan flows. Like if I'm in the kitchen, I need to be able to see and understand where the dining room is and maybe the family room is in proportion to where the kitchen is. Yep. And then I need to see every aspect of those spaces and so forth and just continue that room to room. If there's unique spaces or niches or niches where um, you know there's a built-in, a bookshelf, or you know, one of those um, cutouts from a window, you know, that you could put a little bench in or something, make sure all those little things are taken you know pictures of those as well so that you can plan ahead and you don't show up and go oh I never knew that was there there's yep, a wet absolutely. bar <laughs> and and there's to a add- wet bar. I could have brought some 
a decanter and some glass. Yeah. <laughs> and to add in. to that as well, um, even access points, if, if you know that, the, you know, if it's an apartment yes. building or um, particular mm-hmm. suburbs might have tighter access than others and, or inner city, you know, things like that. It's, it's always worth um, even ask, just asking the question, Absolutely. but you know, if there is something that could be a concern and add to, you know, delivery times or those sort of things, make sure you, you either ask a question or get a photo. Yes. Yep. And the drive, the pitch of the driveway. And I know in, in, in uh, Atlanta, we have hill, hilly driveways, we have flat, I mean, it could be anything. And uh, that might be true for you guys as well. Yep, definitely. All right, um, I'm going to start wrapping up. I've got a few rapid fire questions, which are just very short <laughs> ones, which you can kind of answer in a rapid way or not, but I'll, I'll ask them that way and you can <laughs> give me whatever you like. Um, and, and then we'll, we'll finish up because I know I've taken up a bit of your time already. Um, so the first one is how is a, what might appear to be a failure or even you thought it was a failure to start with, how's that set you up for a later success? So it turned into something that, you know, wasn't a, a failure in the end. Well, I don't know if that was a very specific answer, but anytime you fail, it's, it's just a, a delayed opportunity to succeed. It's where you're like, okay, that didn't work. So you have to figure out what does work. Don't be overwhelmed. If your client doesn't like something, you know, I'm always modifying my contract. So take an opportunity, modify your contract accordingly. Um, make things right if you can, if it's not practical and the, the relationship may or may not be worth saving. Don't kill yourself to please somebody when it could cost you money. And you know for a fact that you've put the, your best effort into it. Does that okay. make sense? It does, yep. Okay. okay. Um, next one, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've made? Um, and that could be an investment in the form of money, time or energy, anything like that. It was training. Okay. Training and also a subset of that is being involved in an association having other stagers around me that we build healthy relationships with. And here in Metro Atlanta, we have a wonderful group of stagers that I could call anytime and they can call me anytime and we can problem solve something together and help each other. And I'm a member of all the associations here in the United States, but IHOSP is international association of home staging professionals and i recommend that you look into being a part of that okay good answer i like that one um what advice do you wish you'd received when you first started your business and you did give a couple earlier um but what what was something that you didn't um know or that you would have liked to have been told i would have i don't know if this is even something that people teach but learning how to start a business with a partner okay so you don't have to do it all by yourself because a lot of partnerships may or may not work because people are not contributing equally. They don't have to have the same skills, but they need to contribute equally. And so just having a partner could help so much. I, I would have loved to have had a partner, and but I didn't know how to do it. Fair enough. And well, that may yeah. not have answered your question. No, it did. But, it's, um, know, it's an interesting it is, one. Yeah. It, it's a it, whole new sub, sub talk subtopic <laughs> yeah like well it, it's interesting from the point of view of when you're starting out a business often particularly i found in this industry you know it's there's still a lot of sole traders or people doing it themselves or maybe with one assistant and that sort of thing and but when you're starting out in this industry it's probably not something you think i need to start this with a with a partner 
Um, so I think it's good advice to at least if you're in those early stages, consider what that might look like and, and what sort of skill set you might want from a partner. And I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure how you'd go about finding that person. The most successful partnerships I've seen are husband and wives, because like you said, one person will do the left brain, one person will do the right brain. And that is balance, typically, in my opinion. So finding someone who might be, you know, like-minded as far as goals, but has the talent where you may not have the talent, you know, business, I'm not a business person, so I would have loved, I would love to have a business partner do that for me. So, you know, that's just something to think about. What are your strengths and weaknesses and how can you pull someone alongside you and to compliment you in that? Yep. I like that one. Uh, And then the last one I've got for you is, is there any bad advice or recommendations that you sometimes hear in our industry? Yes. Oh, this is my favorite. Staging is not about making the house look pretty. Definitely. We've, yep. I've, I've spoken about this in the past, but uh, say it again for me. (laughs) I'll preach this to you. It is about making the house feel like it's worth every penny that you're asking for. And so that means that you're paying attention to who the buyer is. You're complimenting the architecture. You are highlighting the positives and you're minimizing the negatives. The byproduct of a good staging is the house looks beautiful, but it's the experience of that buyer walking through the door and feeling like having that emotional connection that they can fall in love with that house. That is what staging is all about. I completely agree. And I'm not going to spend more time on that because I have already in the past, but I think you've said it well. Um, That's all I've got for you, Amy. I want to firstly, thank you for coming on. um, And secondly, ask you, I lie, there is one more question and that is where can people find you? What's the best place for people to to follow along with what you've got going on and maybe ask a question or or a follow-up? Well, I'm going to do a little plug too. If you go to the ihosp.com website and you look for the short-term rental staging under education, I think. I offer a class that you can get certified in for that. And it's a lot more detail than this conversation. And so that's awesome. But to connect to me directly, you can visit my website, askforstaging.com. You can check out my Facebook, Ask for Staging LLC on Facebook. And then on Instagram, ask for staging media. Perfect. And just for those that aren't um, familiar with IHSP, it's IAHSP.com. So go and have a quick look there. That's very important. Thank you. <laughs> yep. For those, because you, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I've had um, people talk about it before, so I'm aware of it, but uh, I know that some aren't. So definitely go and have a look. It's got all sorts of resources and um, anyway, it's, it's a rabbit hole that you'll go down and you'll find lots of useful stuff. So go and do that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you again, Amy. Um, I'm sure we may have to do a round two at some point. Um, uh, But for now, all the best for 2021. Hopefully it's better than 2020. uh, Oh, it's looking good so far. Very good. good. That's what I want to hear. (laughs) Okay. We'll (laughs) Well, speak again soon. Stay healthy. Definitely. Thanks, Amy. All right. Hey listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I have a quick favor that I'd like to ask you. I wanna know who you'd like to hear from in the home staging industry. Who needs to be a guest on this podcast? 
If you've got anybody in mind, uh, we at Foxy Home Staging here are on all of the social media platforms, so please get in touch on one of them, send me a message, and let me know who I should reach out to. Thanks, and have a great day.